This is Reawakened, conversations with and for women in transition with Vari Longmuir and Jade McKenzie. As women in our 30s have experienced transition in different forms, we realised there was a lack of open, honest conversation around what can be a lonely and delicate time. Our hope for this podcast is that it will be the medicine you need to navigate whatever you are going through with courage, grace and a little humour along the way. Welcome back to Reawakened, the podcast. Today we are talking about reigniting purpose and passions and feeding the fire within. How are you going, Vari? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, thanks. Are you excited to talk about purpose and passions? All the P words. Exactly. I know it's a bit of a tongue twister. Um, we'll just say, in case there's any weird audio happens in this one, Jade and I are doing this one remotely, so we're not sitting in the same room together on this one. So please excuse if we have any little techie hiccups along the way. I know, and it is sad that we are not together, but we are together in spirit, and that's what matters. Exactly. I'm currently sitting in a, a cupboard. What are you, Jade? <laughs> That's what I used to do. Wardrobe. (laughs) You get the best audio in a wardrobe, right? (laughs) I'm in bed now, so. (laughs) And it's not sexy, just in case you're wondering. (laughs) (laughs) Sick bed is not a sexy bed, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's right. So moving on from that beautiful intro, let's talk about passions, which is clearly – you know, we do we do feel passionate about our beds and our wardrobes and our cupboards and the things that it is. But I really want to know, Vari, what passions are you rediscovering through your transitioning and your reawakening? Because it is about discovering or rediscovering those layers of ourselves. So what's popping back up to the surface for you? Mm, yeah, this is a really interesting topic because it's not necessarily something that I was fully conscious or aware of, but I can definitely see those things that I had a real love and passion for as a kid and growing up and being reignited in this new phase that I'm in just now. So certainly for me, one of the big things was running. That was a huge one for me was just to um, to run more often. So a couple of years ago, whilst I was out on a run, I decided just on a whim to run a marathon for the first time, as you do. And um, <laughs> I think for me, you know, I've always been someone, as we've touched on in previous episodes, who sport has always been a really big part of my life. And for me, running was that escape. It was something that was that solo endeavor that could just, it was just me and the music in my ears and and the road and that was it. And it's really funny because only when I think about it now, the sports that I played were always team sports. So for me to get so involved in something that was just me was a new thing for me. So certainly getting out um, running was a huge one for me. But when I look back now, I could say that it was a bit of denial as well. It was a bit of burying my head in the sand and and quite literally running in the opposite direction from my life. Um, Like the irony is not lost on me that I was literally running away from my life. Um, But it was something that I just needed for me. And whilst when I was training for the marathon, it was quite intensive training. It's something that I have kept as part of my life, not in as big a way, but it's something over the last three and a half, four years that's been a big part of my life. So that was something that it was a rediscovering in that I had always ran, but it was something that I kind of took to a next level in this transitional phase for me, which um, was really significant and just getting some solo headspace. Mm. And I love how we talk about the fact that we can't run away from ourselves <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> so do you find that when you look back and you're thinking about running and sports and you being athletic, that you had to consciously call it more 
into your life when you really felt like you needed it or it was just something that you automatically did? Like when you signed up for that marathon, was it unconscious or was it completely conscious? Um, I think it's hard. I think it was a bit of both. For me, having that public accountability was something that I know that I need when I want to achieve a big goal, whether it's in my personal life or within my business I kind of need to put it out there to make myself accountable to it so knowing that I had said I was going to do this um, really helped me to to carve out that time and make it a priority and not let it be something that would slip so when it would come to the weekends and I would have to do my long runs on the weekends um, there was no compromise of well I have to look after the boys or or it, there was it was non-negotiable you know that was just part of the routine and and my partner at the time was so helpful and 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 really great at sharing the load with the boys when it came to the weekends and and giving me that that time to to really honor that commitment that I had made but for me yeah I'm someone that needs that public accountability and I think so many of us feel that way about certain things but we feel like we should we should be able to just commit to it and do it ourselves. But for me, I'm like, I know if I say out loud, I'm going to do it. So I'm happy to do that. I'm happy to just put it out there and and feel like I'm forcing myself to do it because quite often it's the only time that I actually get things done. Oh, we have that in common, clearly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For and sure. I feel like you've been doing that with your art as well. Like you've been really great at putting it out there. And I watched you transition into modelling and then it became about showing those pieces of yourself. It was really vulnerable, like your modelling turned into this vulnerability and showing yourself in a new light and then your beautiful art that came into that. I feel like that was quite a process for you to get to the point that you're at now because uh, the Vari that I knew four or five years ago or whenever it was that we first met didn't do this to this scale. So what was that process like for you too? Did that feel like it was just a re-emerging of your creativity? Mm, it's so interesting because I think we often don't see that in ourselves. We don't we don't get to see what other people see from the other side if that makes sense you know so um it's so interesting for for you to say as an outsider you could see some type of transition within me that I perhaps wasn't fully consciously aware of at the time which I find is so interesting Mm -hmm. um but certainly for me when it came to um getting back into doing more illustrative work it was really just an outlet for me um with regards to modeling it's something that I did when I was younger and then it kind of fallen by the wayside and then it's really funny actually because the agency that I signed with was an agency that um that found me through Instagram through the posts I was posting when I was training for the marathon so it's so funny that they're all so interconnected (laughs) Yeah. yeah which is so funny um but it was certainly I feel like my life now is parts that have been in my life in all different phases and different times but now they're all all those important parts and phases are coming together in a bigger way so it feels like all those little parts of me from the past um are are really coming together in a more authentic and honest way so it's not really a conscious thing for me you know it's it's surprising to to hear how others see it from the other side but for me really it's just about giving up the expectation of others and doing things that just feel good and and feel right and feel aligned with where I'm at at the moment and I think that's an ever-evolving thing and I think it's allowing yourself to know that that's going to evolve and change and to not feel like decisions or choices that we make just now we have to stick by the rest of our life um that we're humans and we're going to have opinions and those opinions might change and we're going to make choices and we might change those choices we make and I think to allow ourselves to be human and to do that just makes it a hell of a lot more fun and takes the pressure off absolutely so interesting Mm. you're talking about change because I (laughs) oh 
clearly we both feel like we've changed so much in the last couple of years. And I know you have a story about one of your girlfriends that uh, I'd love for you to share next. But it was so interesting because recently I met a man and he, to me, is he's the same age as me, um, probably similar in terms of career, but I was like, wow, he is such an adult. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and I don't feel like 36-year-old Jade could be with someone so adult, but I feel like 28-year-old Jade would have been perfect for someone like that. I feel like my change as I get older is actually me um, unbecoming things and then feeling young and fresh and free and exploring all of those things without restriction and boundaries all over again. And so I love that you mentioned change and I because I found that really interesting that I feel too young to actually partner with someone who feels so adult to yeah. me. <laughs> it's Absolutely. Yeah, and I think it's like, you know, we say that age is just a number and it's irrelevant, but I think when you see examples of people who are the same age, you realize just how different people's lives can really be. And and there are some people who are super responsible and at one age and then there's someone else who's, you know, who's a teenager at the same age. And I think it's it's great to see that that spectrum. But yeah, I know what you mean about feeling like you're you're not quite your age and you're not quite grown up into that age yet. It's um it's definitely something I feel at times as well. I look at my kids and I'm like, shit, I'm a mum of two kids. I, I should be doing more grown up stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're kids. I love it if you do kids stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Exactly. But before we dive into the story that I have, um, give us a little bit on what you've rediscovered over this last little while for you as you've been going through this transitional period. Is there anything that's been coming up for you that you kind of left behind or things that you are diving into that are new in this stage? Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like there are so many trigger points in the last few years where I was like, oh, my gosh, I completely buried that. 100%. I just buried it underneath layers of responsibility and, oh, I have to do this because I have to pay the bills. I have to do this because that's what a wife would do. I have to do this because I have to look after my child. None of that is bad. But upon reflection, I can see how at the time I didn't feel like I wasn't whole or that I had lost myself. But Mm. there were so many parts of me that were dormant and that was mainly around enjoying creativity. I'm craving it by nature. I want to be creative. I want music. I want to see live music. I want to feel it in my bones. I want to be around people who have amazing in-depth discussions about the planet and the universe and why we're here and what's the meaning of life and all of these things. I want to go see art. I want to be immersed in art. I want to be around creative people. I want to write. I want to, you know, do poetry. I used to write books and books and books of poetry when I was a teenager and that had all just given way. And Mm. It was interesting when it was coming back into my life again because I was feeling it with such force and I don't feel like I'm an anomaly or that I'm different. I feel like this is probably the age where we feel that because, you know, mid-20s to early to mid-30s, we're like it's all about marriage and kids and responsibility and setting up your life for what we think it needs to be. And then you get to a point where you're like, huh, I really love that song and that's how it starts. I really love that band and I really loved that shade of lipstick or I really loved it when I read those kinds of books. And then it's like these beacons of just light where you go, yeah, I remember how that made me feel. That made me feel so good and I want more of that. And so Mm. definitely... That has been huge 
as part of my transition. And I think even the way that we've worked together in creating this podcast has really lit me up because it encompasses all of those things, the words, the writing, the images, us being creative with our little photo shoot and saying, yeah, let's do it this way or this is how we want it to look and and then having the in-depth discussions and you know, having something that we can work on collaboratively that means something to us. And yeah, travel was a huge, huge one for me as well. So it's definitely come up in in so many ways, in, but very, very strongly. I could not run away from these things if I tried. And I did mm. try. I just didn't feel good. I just felt sad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And so I know that obviously travel is a big part of your business. Um, How has that changed from when you were in your marriage to now? Is it something that you knew would always be a part of your life and your business? Are you doing more of it now? Are you doing less of it now? How does that kind of fit into this new stage in your life? Well, I'm calling more of it into my life for sure. I'm consciously planning for it to happen and travel has always been a big part of my life both of my parents are migrants and they were the first to come here to Australia so I spent a lot of uh, time in the Philippines and Europe and even in my jobs I would travel interstate and with event head it just became that more and more of my clients were seeking help overseas and now we're doing a lot of Australian tours so if anything it's only going to happen more and with Cerise she loves travel I mean this child is amazing the best friend that I could have my little sidekick she is like mummy when can we go on another road trip mummy how dare you go to New Zealand without me to see the glow worms when are we going mm. by the way she invited two of her friends and their mums so she's just like <laughs> everyone's coming to New Zealand I'm like baby I don't think they can afford it but we'll go <laughs> so <laughs> I'm definitely calling more of it into it uh, calling more of it into my life but it was interesting because I had this really big realisation and it was around travel. And for the last year before my separation, I just loved travel so much. I always have, but this was different. I, I would crave it and I would go and I would feel free and I would feel amazing. And, yes, I would miss my family. Yes, my heart was yearning to be with Cerise, but it was like this feeling of oh I can be me I don't know why I just I can be me wherever I am and you feel like you should be able to be yourself at home but I was surrounded by all these incredible people doing these incredible things that feel like once in a lifetime things for me and coming home it just felt off it just felt really off I would be having these amazing positive wonderful experiences and then coming home and it would feel stressful or Mm. negative and it just it didn't align with all the other parts of my life and so I would always say to myself like what am I running away from why do I always feel this need to run every time I feel sad and I've been doing this since I was a teenager if I felt sad if I felt overwhelmed if I felt stressed I would run get on a bus get on a plane walk for hours and hours and hours just get me out I need grass I need trees I need water I need to get away and I was like what is this about me I I can't figure it out because it's not like I'm getting something in particular every time I go, like the same thing. Sometimes I just need space. But I realised that (laughs) I wasn't actually running away from anything and every time I've travelled with Laura, who is my 2IC in event head, every time we were due to come home I would just start bawling my eyes out And she would always say to me, 
whenever I asked her, Laura, why am I crying? Why am I so upset about this? She was always like, JM, your soul is crying. And I never quite understood what she meant, you know. Like I got Mm. it, but I didn't get it until a few months ago when I realised that my soul belongs on the road. It just does. I, I am that kind of person. I can't be anything else in my whole life. I've tried mm. to build this life that restrained me. It was like putting a bird in a cage. I was building this cage for myself because I thought that's what I had to do. But every time I travelled, I would be like, yes, it always, I swear to you, Vari, I've always felt so at home on a plane, in an airport, in a hotel, in an Airbnb, standing on a freaking rock. I don't care where mm-hmm. I am. Yeah, I it's love that. just always felt right. And when I realised that, everything changed for me. And even my ex-husband, he questioned me on it. He, We were fighting and he was like, what are you running away from? And I said to him, I'm not running away from anything. This is a choice. I am running to opportunity. I'm running to Mm. happiness. I'm running to something that makes me happy as a human being. And I can't even tell you how much that opened my eyes because I never realised before that some people are just wired to be nomadic and to have this kind of life. And it seems so obvious now because you look around and there's people living in caravans and on the road and travelling with their families for years. But I didn't think that was me. But when you look back, I've never stayed still. I think I've lived in 18 houses it's just wow. why didn't I get it? <laughs> I'll never yeah. know. I love what you say about it's not that you're running away from something, that it's you're running to other things. And I think that's such a crucial point of difference there because we're so conditioned to think that if we're not doing what everyone else is doing, we're, we're running away from something. But it could just be that that's the type of life that you're meant to lead in and I think we are seeing more examples now of people living different lives especially with families than what you know our parents generation would have been used to and and it comes back to that that fear mentality I think of the, the security of staying in one place and having a home and having a routine and and it just doesn't align with some people and the life that they are meant to lead and for me I think I have a little bit of both. I I feel really fortunate that I know I'm someone that can make a home anywhere. But mm-hmm. I like having that home base. I like having somewhere to come back to. So whilst I love to travel for extended periods of time for short little quick getaways, I like to come back and have a bit of a home base um, for me and for the boys. And I think that's something that, especially now they're getting a little bit older, something I want to do with them Um you know, just last week we booked a trip to go back to Scotland um, and I'm going off to New York while we're there. Then we're going to London and they get so excited about travel and, and they, they some of their earliest memories are when we travelled when they were really young. And so I love being able to travel, but having that home base. So I feel like I'm, I'm kind of in the middle ground there, but I love that I know that about myself, that because I have a home base but I want to see all these other places it doesn't make me think oh well maybe I want to go and live there long term you know I I feel like Melbourne's definitely my home base I've been here for almost 11 years now and and it's great as a base for the boys as well like I feel this is where we're meant to be but that's not to say that we're here every minute of every day and I think to to travel for extended periods of time with them is really what feels good for me and for them at this moment again not to say that's not going to change that down the path um, and and as we all grow but for me yeah knowing that about yourself and letting yourself off the hook about it and saying it doesn't have to look like you know my my brother or sister's life or my best friend's life or my neighbor's life or that you can kind of choose your own thing and I think it's having the courage to do that and 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 do it unapologetically Yeah, and do you know what that's just reminded me of? I love that you're building that life that you want with your boys too and 
you know, to give them that stability, but to nurture the adventurous side of you all that I know that you have. But it's interesting because I feel like in our own lives as coaches, as friends, as sisters, as mothers, as whoever we may be at that any given moment, we are giving people permission to do things like this all the time, all the Mm -hmm. time. I know I am every single day. And yet I think it's crazy to give myself permission to do something like that. It seems so stupid to me that I would look at somebody and if you said to me, Jade, I can't do it anymore. What am I doing? I need to do this, this and this. I'd say, Vari, that's amazing. How can you make it work? You know, do Mm. you have to do what lights you up? You need to do what makes you happy. But for myself, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. (laughs) 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 Bills, work, childcare, you know, all of these things. And I I would really love to to say to anyone listening right now, what are you giving others permission to do that you're not giving yourself permission to do? Because that's the very first thing that you need to untangle right now, have a really great look at and go, okay, what do I need to do to bring that into my life or to give myself permission to do this? Yeah, we definitely. Forget. Yeah, and I think the things that we look at others and admire are the things that we could be doing ourselves but we don't allow ourselves to do. And I think just the story that you touched on earlier, Jade, about um, my best friend from back home, she's a prime example of that. Um, She's someone who I've been friends with since I was five years old. We've lived on opposite sides of the world more than we've lived in the same place and we're still best friends. And she is an incredibly smart girl, like the smartest girl ever. And... Mm -hmm. And went off to uni and then she she did languages at uni um, and then she travelled and she lived in Spain for a while. Then she lived in Paris for a while and then moved back to the UK. And and she was someone who was always moving, always travelling, would just instantly be at home in any city that she moved to, would make friends instantly. And, and she said to me, oh, it would have been a few years ago now. She said, when am I going to grow up and be a proper adult? You know, I need to settle down and stop jumping from one job to the next job. You know, she was a couple of years in each job and then would move on and would be like, you know, employee of the month, the first month she was there. Um, but she, she's like, I need to just, you know, stop and, and, and be more focused and stick to one thing and stop moving around. And I said to her, that's one of the qualities I love in you the most is that, it's not that you're jumping around from place to place. It's that you are still trying to find out what what lights you up and what you want to do with your life. And I have so much more respect for the person who changes job every couple of years because it's not what they're feeling at that particular time in their life or they've got a pull to go and do something similar or completely different. But they feel that pull to change and to move and to have the courage to step forward and do that. I have so much respect for people who do that. And that's what I could see in her. But it was funny because for her, she felt like she was just being too scattered and and not sticking to anything and not being responsible enough. And it's funny because she saw that as one of her weaknesses and I saw it as one of her biggest strengths. And and she still is that person. She just has left one very secure job to go into a completely different field and is absolutely loving it. And so I hope that she never becomes that settled down person that she thinks she needs to be because it's just it this is so much more her it's so much more what she's meant to do and I think now that she's given herself permission to be that person that's maybe just looking for different things at different times I think she's able to recognize that in herself a little bit more but yeah we often don't see it in ourselves when other people can see it quite clearly yeah absolutely and I feel like if she just tried to do the nine to five standard and stay in a job for 10 years and reach that milestone, she would just be so unhappy, (laughs) so unhappy. And everything about her that is brilliant, that you admire, that makes her who she is, should not be chained to a desk. It doesn't have to be. Mm, Yep, definitely. So interesting. I feel like there'd be so many stories for so many people about recognising this within ourselves and and seeing what really lights us up day to day and what 
what makes us really contract and feel like, I know this sounds really dramatic. This sounds so dramatic. But honestly, I feel like when I'm stuck and I'm in that place where these four walls are feeling very claustrophobic to me, I feel like my soul is shrinking. Mm. Do you get that? Mm, Yeah. Yeah, I can just feel like you're in that hamster wheel and you can't break out. It feels really suffocating and claustrophobic for me, for sure. Yeah. Mm. And so I kind of feel like in terms of my marriage, I I felt like that was happening and that was kind of, I guess, the demise of, of the relationship or the relationship in that particular form. It was just because I felt I was so young. I was getting older and I was freaking out about it. I am not happy about being 36. Just so you know, <laughs> I'm forever 27 in my head. So I felt like I still had this life ahead of me uh, and so much to achieve that I want to achieve, so many possibilities. Uh, but our relationship just felt so old. Mm-hmm. Felt like we were. 60, 70-year-olds in mid-30-year-old bodies. It just wasn't right. That's certainly something that I experienced as well, of just not feeling that you quite fitted in with whatever age you were. And certainly for me, it's something that I was able to recognise looking back. I was 25 when I had my first son and so many other women who were having their first kid were so much older than me. So when I went along to my mother's group, when Gabriel was just four or five weeks old, something like that, you know, it was like every effort to put clothes on and get out of the house and have a coffee. And we got there and I was by far the youngest of the group. You know, there was women there who were in their late 30s or early 40s and women who were from all different parts of the world and had had interesting careers in so many different industries and had so many stories to tell. And whilst I had did a lot in my 25 years, I hadn't had that level of experience that they had had. And so... For me, I felt like it didn't quite fit in with that new mother crowd because I was 25 and they were, you know, late 30s, early 40s. But then on the flip side of that, the people who were 25 were just coming back from having travelled overseas and were living in share houses with their friends or were going back to do that uni course that they dropped out of. And I didn't feel like I belonged to that set either. So I kind of felt in this no man's land between the people who were my age And then the people who were at the same stage in life as I was, there was this disconnect for me. And, and it's funny because I look at it now and I feel so lucky now because at 34, I can say that for the next two days because I'm 34 for the next two days. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still the right side of 35. Um, (laughs) Hey, don't get cheeky. (laughs) (laughs) You're making the other side look good, Jade. So I'll happily, I'll happily follow along. Um, yeah, people who who are my age now are just getting engaged or getting married or starting to have families in their, you know, early to mid 30s. And I feel so lucky that I'm able to do that independent dating life. And I'm past yeah. all the early childhood years. You know, my boys are now nine and six and, you know, they're, they're pretty independent. They, they don't have those real early childhood needs that little babies have. And I feel so lucky now to be at this age and, and have this independence and freedom that a lot of people who were having their kids at the same time as me who were in their late 30s and early 40s had had that in their 20s. And um, I know we've touched on it before, but to be single in your 30s is very different to being single in your teens or your late 20s. You know, it's um, it's a more enjoyable experience, I would say. Um, but yeah, I never really felt like I fitted in with the people of my age and the people at the same life stage as me. So, but now I'm just accepting that it always exactly how it was meant to be and I feel so fortunate now and sometimes I have a little giggle to myself when I see people the same age as me who are in the throes of trying to get toddlers to stay in their car seat and to having to puree food at every moment of the day and I feel quite smug about the fact that that I don't have to do that anymore so yeah as is always the case it's just perfect timing but we can often only see that in hindsight you're hilarious (laughs) 
like <laughs> in a lovely way in a, in a very grateful way not in a mean way <laughs> but it is such a relief to be on the other side of that mm. oh my gosh just the fact that Cerise is in school anyway yeah I just, yeah yeah you make me laugh <laughs> and one of your sons said something to you recently about growing up, didn't he? Oh, yeah. So we were having a conversation about um, about parents and different parents and they were saying like who their favourite mums and dads at school were and things like that. And Gabe had said, you're not like the other mums, like you're like, you're like a teenage mum. And, and to some people that might not be a compliment, <laughs> but I was like, I love you just a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> you're the favourite son today yeah exactly you're like a teenager mom like you're not like an adult mom and um he he had asked me when you grow up mom what do you want to be and I thought that's just so beautiful because my son does not see me as being a grown-up that's got it all together like he sees me as being someone who's still trying to figure this out and still trying to to work out what the hell they're actually doing in life and to some people they might be horrified by that but it felt like it was this real leveler, like it brought us, we were just two humans just trying to work out what we like to do. And I just, I love when it's just reduced to the simplicity of that, that we're all just trying to work out what we want to do and get a little better at it, regardless of whether we're a nine-year-old or we're a 34-year-old. I love that idea that we're all just trying to get along. I know. It's so sweet. And it's so beautiful to even see that your son still sees you as becoming, Mm. you know, that you're a fluid human, which touches back into your point before about change. And, you know, you still have time to shape who you are. He doesn't go, okay, this is my mum. This is who she is. And she will always be X, Y, Z. It's like this whole process where he knows that as a human being, you might explore different things, do different things, be interested in different things. And I think he's only like that because you have been true to yourself over the years and allowed yourself to explore what feels good for you. Mm. I think that's really important. Absolutely. And it feels like one of the biggest gifts that's been given in this whole transitional period and through the separation with my ex-husband is that we get to show our children what an alternative looks like um, and what it is to navigate change and transition with respect and authenticity. And I feel like that's such an important lesson for them to learn. And as a parent, I've said that I'll always say to my boys, I'm sorry and I don't know. Because I think it's something that I didn't necessarily hear from my parents growing up. That was very much the do as I say, not as I do. They were, you know, they were the parents, they were grown up, they had it all together. And I think it's so important for me to be able to say to my kids, I don't know when they ask me a question. Um, and there's been a lot of I don't know answers over the last couple of years. But I think it just helps them realise that parents are just other humans and and they don't have it all together and to not feel like I need to pretend like I do have it all together for them whilst not putting a burden of of any responsibility on them but to say do you know what what buddy I don't really know but we'll work it out and it's okay and I feel like that's one of the greatest gifts that we can give our kids is to show that we're not perfect yeah absolutely just to be open to have a discussion Mm, yeah I think communication is huge and I think that's a beautiful way to be and I can learn so much from you as a mum in just trying to navigate that because you do second guess yourself at times how open should I be with my child or what level of maturity do I need to show here or do I need to have all the answers and most of the time they they honestly they just want you to be human yeah that's it that fine line between being open and honest with them and saying I don't quite know without making them feel like they've got no container they've got no uh, no security you know like oh shit well mum doesn't know how the hell am I meant to know that fine line (laughs) that we're never really sure if we get it right or not in in a lot of situations to be able to say I'm not quite sure let's work this out is much more helpful for them and builds that resilience in them that 
mum always having the answers, whether mum's right or wrong, but mum claiming to have the answers doesn't really give them those same opportunities. So I think we want to shield our kids and make sure they have this perfect life. And we know that that's actually not our job as parents. And and so we don't have to put that on ourselves. That's a that's a heavy weight of responsibility, but we don't need to do that. True. And I feel like those conversations are the ones that you can have with your wider family as well. I feel like mm. we're all trying to shield each other from pain or worry or anxiety. I know I do that with my parents all the yeah. time. I'm like, I'm not going to talk to you about this because you'll just worry. I know I'll be fine. You just hope I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I might yeah. not put that on you. My goodness. But mm. I want to ask, so I've got one last question for you and it is it really is around why do you think it's important for women especially to keep looking for what lights them up and how can we ensure that we don't lose those parts of us again because for me this is the whole essence of reawakened right it's the uncovering and rediscovering the layers that made us up as the full whole human beings that we were that we've pushed down in some way and and now we're re-emerging as the butterfly Mm. so why do you think it's important and how can we ensure that we don't lose it Mm, such a good question and I think we touched on it slightly earlier on in the episode I think that to be able to fill your cup up means you've got so much more to offer other people if you do things for the joy of it not necessarily because you know it's a good parenting decision or it's a good adult decision or it's a good business decision but to do things just for the joy of it you can then see down the track where those little breadcrumbs all lead to me choosing to run a marathon signed me with a particular agency and then that opened so many doors to me and then from there that's how I met my partner was through a job that we worked on together at first and so I can see all those little breadcrumbs and hadn't it been for those one or two at the time insignificant decisions it wouldn't have led to where I am now and I think that's the importance of doing what lights you up because it opens those doors and lets us step into a new place and keeps us a beginner at things. I think it's so important for adults to be beginners at things and to try and to mess up and to have that vulnerability to just try something new again and again and again. That's where the magic of life really lies for me. The second part of that, how do you ensure that we don't lose those elements I think it's just making a decision each day to do it you know it sounds super simplistic but I think to prioritize that in your life and know that by you choosing what feels important to you that will help other people around you that will be of service to other people around you whether it's your clients or it's your family or it's your kids or your partner whoever it may be to just show that you are prioritizing yourself has a beautiful knock-on effect in them amazing and Mm. so true so so true is there anything that you do to ensure that you don't neglect those parts of you that you've brought forward in a bigger way of recent um it's so funny like I love asking the questions and then you ask me and I'm like hmm I haven't (laughs) thought about that (laughs) how do I feel I feel like it definitely is around the commitment And I love talking about commitments because, for me, that's easier to digest than a decision. I feel Mm. like if I make a decision, then I'm I'm doing something that feels very outside of myself. But if I'm making a commitment, that is for me as a person. And so I committed to seeing more live music, uh, to traveling more, to seeing what happens and opening myself up to opportunity. And I think that by having so many good people around me who will be supportive, will let me know if I ever get out of hand, but be very tactful about it Um, and maybe question me, but not in a way where I feel like I have to get defensive about myself, but they're just helping me understand what's happening on a deeper level 
that's what's helping me ensure that I keep these parts of myself because for me it's a process of reintegration and if I do something once, this is how I feel about yoga actually, yoga and meditation. I go and I do it and I feel amazing. I am floating. I get in the car. I don't have road rage. Nothing bothers me. Like this is the best feeling ever. And then snap, I'm back in real life and I've forgotten that whole experience because there's nothing holding me there. There's no one keeping me accountable. There's no one saying, how are you going with that? But with the group of friends that I have who are around me, they're always like, what are you doing for yourself? Did you book that trip? Are you going and doing this? Are you doing that? All these things that they know that I love. And it takes other people corralling me to really do these things for myself but it works because I Mm. suck honestly Vari I suck at taking care of myself it's just I don't it's not a priority I only notice it when I feel really really down and I'm like right I need to do something about this and so part of me ensuring that I don't lose these parts of myself again is bringing a lot of people on the journey with me and making it something that we can all experience together and do and even bringing in Cerise and travelling with her and doing fun things with her. That's how it works for me. Yeah, and I think to to ask people to help you with things, I think we're so we're so ready to think we have to do it all by ourselves and we have to have this rock solid commitment to all these things in our life but to be able to say to people around about you hey I know I feel better when I do x y and z can you please ask me once a week if I've did it this week and just keep me on track I think we don't have to do it all by ourselves so yeah I love what you say about having that little team of people around you who know what feeds you and what you need to live your best life right at this moment and and they're helping you stay on track it's it feels not as big it feels more enjoyable and more free to do it that way yeah I'm gonna start doing that that's a good tip good so I'll just (laughs) invite you out for drinks whenever <laughs> I feel like you need it. I'll be like, sorry, get out of the trackies. You can wear your trackies. Talk to you. Just make sure they're clean. Let's go to the pub and have some wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that idea of having that little posse of people around you. Definitely going to use that one. Thank you. No worries. All right, so lovely ones. I think that wraps it up, don't you? I think so. This has been such a nice conversation. You're looking at things that, that light us up and, and ignite us and keep us moving forward. We kind of often neglect them and we certainly don't talk about them at length with our friends. So this has been really nice. I feel all refreshed and rejuvenated and like I should go out and do stuff today. As soon as it is my birthday week. So <laughs> I know. Celebrate all week. Exactly. I'm I'm one of those people, you know, I've got a friend who she's the biggest secret squirrel about her birthday. She literally will not tell you that it's her birthday. You have to remember because she, you could spend all day with her on her birthday and she would not let on it was a birthday. Whereas I, on the other hand, have like a birthday carnival. There's like (laughs) something happening every day of the week. (laughs) So yeah, why not? If you can't indulge on your your birthday week, then when can you? Exactly. Exactly. So I think if there was anything actionable that you would like people who are listening to do regarding their purpose and passions, what would that be? Let's leave them with a, let's leave everybody listening with a nice bit of to do. How about our little challenge is, our little conversation opener is jump on over to our Instagram and let us know what are three things that you have either rediscovered through your own transition or if you're not quite in that transition yet, three things that you've perhaps left behind that you can start to reintroduce into your life. Three things that you want to do just for you. So let's get each other accountable and share what our three things are that we're going to do that's just for us. Amazing. I love that so much. Mm. Please. We'll start please the list. We'll jump over, over there. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I've loved chatting with you so much today. Thanks, yeah. Bari. And hope you get better soon. Thank you. I just I just have a cold. But you know, I feel like I'm I'm bordering on man flu over here. Oh dear. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> but I'm excited for our next episode, which is episode five, and it's secret fears. I'm so excited to do this one with you. It really, it's all around what we are too scared to say out loud. And no big surprise, well, we'll be saying it out loud for sure and you'll be able to listen in. I'm actually quite anxious about this episode and I know that it was me that came up with this topic, so damn me. <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't quite know what I'm going to say yet, so... Maybe that's the best way to approach this kind of episode is completely in the dark. Literally sitting in a cupboard oh, yeah. in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> we'll turn on the lights for the next one. <laughs> but until then, come on over, subscribe if you're listening on Anchor or iTunes or your preferred platform, please subscribe. And if you want to join our mailing list so you can be the first to hear every time a new episode is released, head on over to reawakenedwomen.com. We would love to be able to chat with you more. Send us all the things that you're getting out of these episodes or what's piquing your interest or what you'd like us to talk about. And pop on over to reawakened underscore women at Instagram Leave us a message or a comment and come and connect with us over there because Vari and I know it's not just the two of us talking in our respective cupboards, couches and beds. There's so many of you. We've had such incredible feedback so far and we want to keep these discussions going. So definitely, definitely. Yeah, so come on shy. over and join. Yep, for sure. For sure. Until next week, um, have a great week and we'll speak to you soon, guys. Bye. Bye.